Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. It may be hard to believe, but Joe Biden has only been president for eight months, but my God, he has managed to make some huge blunders. The border crisis, the Afghanistan debacle, and of course, picking the cackling clown Kamala Harris as his invisible vice president. Today, we're going to take a painful stroll down memory lane to look at it all. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Look, problematics, since I do not hate America, uh, I love America, whether a Republican or Democrat is president. And I really did truly want Joe Biden to be successful. I wanted him to win. I wanted America to win. I knew that these policies were going to be awful. I didn't necessarily know that it was going to be this bad. Now, in terms of living in Biden's America, we have watched so many awful things happen over the past eight months. We have seen the horrific situation in Afghanistan, which I have covered ad nauseum in over multiple episodes. So definitely listen to those episodes if you want to talk more about Afghanistan. But to me, there are two huge issues that are going on with with Biden's administration and, and with his choices. The first is the border situation. I believe that the issue with the border situation is one of the things that has the potential to negatively transform America um, in a very bad way over the next couple of decades. And I believe that it is one of the biggest debacles of this administration. And I want to break all of that down for you. I did an episode earlier this year where I broke down everything that was going on with the border. It is a fan favorite. I've heard a lot of great feedback about this. If you have not listened to this, this is me breaking down everything that's going on with this border situation. So everybody's talking about the border this week, finally, because... Project Veritas and James O'Keefe have gotten in and finally showed us some images of exactly what is going on at this border. We've been hearing a lot of things. We've been wading through a lot of these lies and propaganda and obfuscation that the Biden administration has been doing, you know, over the past over the past six weeks. But we can finally see exactly what is going on at the border. We see kids basically wrapped up in foil trying to stay warm. We see people completely overcrowded. We see people in basically cages. Remember those kids in cages that were alleged to have started during the Trump administration, but everybody knows they started during the Obama administration because that was awful policy as well. So we're seeing All of these things right now. And if you all do not follow Project Veritas or follow James O'Keefe, look Project Veritas up right now. They are doing what our corporate media will not do, which is actual real investigative journalism. So that is what this is. So we're finally seeing these images. And obviously, these images outrage and horrify everyone. And yeah, I'm going to come back to this later, but I want to get something very clear right now. The left likes to talk about any conversation and it likes to frame any conversation about illegal immigration, any conversation about this crisis at the southern border, anything that is happening. The left wants to frame this conversation as inherently racist, as inherently xenophobic, as inherently all of these things that they use to control language. And this is none of these things. This is about security. This is about human rights. This is about controlling what's going on at the border. So before we launch into all of this stuff, let's start with some basic facts about exactly what is going on at this border. 
And this is from Department of Homeland Security from uh, from 2019. These are statistics from DHS in 2019. In the past two years, this is from 2019 again, ICE officers have arrested 266,000 aliens with criminal records, including those convicted of nearly 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 homicide, right? Between 2011 and 2018, 276,000 criminal aliens were booked into local jails, of which over 186,000 were classified as illegal aliens. 10,000 known or suspected gang members were removed by ICE just in one year alone. Each week, 300 Americans die from heroin overdoses, of which 90% comes across the southern border. Customs and Border Protection made the largest seizure of fentanyl ever recorded attempting to cross the southern border. It was enough to kill more than 115 million Americans. One in three women are sexually assaulted on the journey to the border. In fiscal year 2018, ICE made more than 1,500 human trafficking arrests. 97% of these were for sex trafficking. Now let's talk about the kids because everybody cares about these kids. Let's talk about what these kids are really going through when they're coming across the border. 20,000 children were illegally smuggled into the United States. In the first five months of fiscal year 2018, Customs and Border Protection saw a 315% increase in individuals using children to pose as family units to gain entry into the United States. Now, do you remember how our corporate media treated the stance that the Trump administration made towards getting control over the border? Do you remember that cover of Time magazine with Donald Trump hovering over this screaming child at the border. And this was what they did. You know, this was this evil Trump doesn't care about the kids, doesn't care about anything else. Do you remember any of that stuff? Now, this same corporate media basically colludes with Democrats and with the left to hide everything that is going on at the border right now. They cannot hide this anymore because Project Veritas has released this imagery, right? So I started with all of these statistics because when we're talking about the border, we have to be very clear about exactly why this is bad. It is bad to have a border that is not secure because we have illegal drugs coming over, because we have gang members coming over, because we have MS-13 members, gang members coming over, because we have sex trafficking because we have children that are coming over and being exploited. I remember when I first came out as conservative, when I first started doing videos on social media, this was back when all of my New York City liberal friends used to follow. And I asked a very simple question. And this question was about critical thinking. And the question that I asked was this. How are we so sure that all of these family units coming across the border are related to one another. And this guy, this New York City liberal that I used to be friends with, he used to follow me, he said, well, Rob, this is disgusting. This is just a revolting question. Of course, they're family members, of course. But we do not know that because the conversation is not being had about sex trafficking, about these children that are coming over and being exploited in so many different ways about these unrelated people that are coming together, about these desperate families that are 
in these places, Mexico, Guatemala, El, El Salvador, that are handing their children over to these coyotes, to these smugglers, and, and paying them money to get the child over the border. So nobody's talking about these things. And so when we talk about this stuff, it's not about racism. We're not being racist. We're not hating anybody. We love America and we love this country enough to want to protect Americans at all costs. Because at what point did America have to start taking in all of the world's problems? And I hate to do this because what I'm about to say is such a it's such a stereotype, but it's so true. We have a homeless veteran population in this country that has exploded. And we take care of people coming across the border more than we take care of even our homeless veterans. And to me, it's unacceptable. And this situation has been used as a political football for so many years. And I'm going to have to say that for Republicans and a lot of small business owners and everything like that, they exploited this situation for a very long time because it was good for them. They exploited the fact that people will come over here and do jobs for less money because that is good for people. If you live in New York City, or if you live in one of these big cities, and trust me, guys, I lived in New York City for 12 years. There is not a restaurant in New York City that is not employing cheap illegal immigrant labor. It is absolutely true. And this is something that people on both sides have used for quite some time because it benefited them. And this is an example of elites on both sides selling America out. And there are even some so-called Republicans right now that are co-signing on to to amnesty bills and, and talking about giving a lot of illegal immigrants that are in the country right now citizenship and things like that. And so you have to understand when we talk about the situation that there are elites on both sides that have used this because it has benefited them. But we are at the point where this is not benefiting anybody anymore. Okay, period. This is not benefiting anybody anymore. This crisis that we have on the border is not benefiting anybody. It is not helping anybody. It is encouraging these illegal immigrants to take a very dangerous journey where a lot of the younger ones and weaker ones are likely to be exploited. It is putting a strain on American resources. It is bringing crime. It is bringing drugs. It is bringing trafficking. It is bringing all of these things into this country. And that is the truth. Any conversation about unchecked illegal immigration in this country is not inherently racist. That is not true. But this is a tactic that the left uses to make sure um, that people are too afraid to have this real conversation. And what the left also does when it comes to illegal immigration is they like to pretend as if all Latinos in America just love illegal immigration. That is also not true. Just check out how many people are voting for Republicans in places like Miami, right? In places with a large Latino population. So this idea that all Latinos in America just love illegal immigration is not true. And so you have to understand what is going on right now. And you have to get into some of the numbers about what is going on right now. Again, more numbers. And this is literally from 2020 to 2021. And this is from U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Single adults crossing the border is up 188 percent. 
Unaccompanied minors passing is up 92%. So this is what we are dealing with right now. And what I want to talk about next, now that we know exactly what is going on, now that we can see with our own two eyes every single thing, or at least a little bit of what's going on at the border, let's talk about how the Biden administration has encouraged this through policy. Because I really want to talk about policy here. You know, I talk a lot about real world stuff, but let's talk about some facts. And these are a couple of the policies that Biden reversed literally within the first week to two weeks of his presidency. Listen to this. And this is from the Fox News research team. We're gonna, I'm always going to cite my sources. I'm not going to call myself a journalist, but I'm not going to sit here and, and tell people lies and things that are not fact-based. Joe Biden enacted a 100-day moratorium on deportations. He ended the Remain in Mexico provision, suspended the Safe Third Country Agreement. Now, this was the agreement that Trump had with Mexico, with these different places, that they would take control of this situation before these people even got to the border, right? They halted the construction of border wall, and they also reinstated catch and release, which means that when these people are caught after having crossed the border illegally, oh, we got to release them. Okay, guys, you know, make sure you show up for your court date. And the illegal one says, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, sure, A+. plus. I'll definitely show up for that. Obviously, these people don't show up. And so these policies, the reversing of these policies are what led to the disaster that is going on at the border right now. What Jen Psaki and everybody over there in the Biden administration don't want to call a crisis, but everybody knows it's a crisis. We are all seeing this stuff with our own two eyes right now. And the left and Democrats will look at you because I'm telling you, these people think that you're stupid. And they will go on television and they will look into the camera with a straight face and say that the reason that there's a crisis on the border right now is because of President Trump. And they believe that people are stupid enough to believe it. And the sad thing is that there are people dumb enough to believe it because we have just gotten through four years of the corporate media pretty much hiding every single real thing that was being done in this country under the Trump administration and devolving into leftist propaganda and anything that was going to keep people distracted from what is really going on. And you would be surprised, guys, how many people are not aware of these things. You would be surprised how many people do not know about the Safe Third Country Agreement, how many people do not know about the Remain in Mexico provision, how many people do not know about the real policies that were going on. And so now what we have is this disaster. Now, Problematics, one of the biggest mistakes Joe Biden may have made is picking the cackling clown Kamala Harris as his VP. She is an unpopular lightweight that is more concerned about her own political ambitions than she is about the American people. I will lay into her after the break. So there 
is a problem with Kamala Harris. This is um, a problem that if you are a faithful viewer of MSNBC or CNN or, or any of the other fake news mainstream media whose job it is um, to prop up a terrible uh, politician like Kamala Harris, the problem is, is that she is a phony. She is an absolute phony. And now politics is filled with phonies. Okay, don't get me wrong. But her phoniness is to a level that is so off-putting for the vast majority of voters that it's it's actually toxic. It's, it's actually something that is unsustainable. Nobody knows what Kamala Harris stands for. Her slogan while she was running for president was, quote-unquote, for the people. We don't know what people she is for um, other than the people that she wants to vote for her so that she can retain more more power. And the problem with Kamala Harris, one of Kamala Harris's many problems, is that she believes in absolutely nothing but her own power. There is not a policy position that she has not flip-flopped on. There is not a single position that has, you know, in, in politician speak evolved, in real world speak changed, as she has ascended to more and more power. So what you have to understand about Kamala Harris is that this is a person that will say, do, or be anything in her pursuit of power. She believes in nothing but herself. When you get into politics and when you start being around politicians and you start being around just political figures in general, you will notice these people. Um, you will be around these people. It, it generally, the, the phoniness comes off of them in waves. And this is what you get from Kamala Harris. This is what you get when you watch her speak. This is what you get when you see these off-the-cuff interviews. This is what you get when you hear all of this Tackling. Um, so there's a reason why she didn't make it out of the primaries. And the reason is this. If you're dealing with politics in 2021, this is the social media era. This is the era of authenticity. And somebody that is so fundamentally inauthentic, somebody that is so fundamentally phony is going to turn off voters. Okay. Um, I was, I, I wouldn't say I was on the campaign trail, but I went to a couple of campaign stops in uh, 20. 2019. I was doing some stuff for Turning Point USA. I remember very specifically, uh, we went to Iowa for, for three days. And uh, let's just be clear. What these presidential candidates have to do is humiliating, first of all. Like, it just really is. There's no, uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. These people have to humiliate themselves for the votes, uh, particularly when you're in a place like Iowa and you have people like you know Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg, they're eating like pork chops on a stick and they're trying to pretend they enjoy this when you know that that they just want to be, I don't know, at BLT Prime or something like that. Um, and, and so this is the phoniness that, that came off of Kamala Harris in situations like this. So she was in Iowa. I got a chance to observe her. Um, I, I did kind of like this little uh, this little gorilla video that went pretty uh, viral where I asked all of the leading Democrat nominees for cash reparations. It, it went crazy. But anyway, so there's a reason why she didn't make it out of the primaries because because she is fake and phony even as a politician, which is actually crazy. Like, imagine how phony you have to be to, even as a politician, to have the phoniness comes off of you in waves. And so there is a fallacy, and I'm going to get to this terrible week that she's had. Like, trust me, I will get there. But I want to create a story because there's not enough attention that's really given to what people really think about Kamala Harris and her weaknesses and shortcomings as a politician. So 
there is a reason why she didn't make it out of the primaries. And that falseness is one of the problems. Um, but also, there was this idea that Kamala Harris was just going to be the female Obama and that she was just going to stroll in in all of her black female glory. Um, and black people were just supposed to fall in line with this. And we were just supposed to love her. And it was just supposed to be, oh, my God, you know, there is somebody else like us. Oh, she went to Howard. Oh, she's an AKA, like all of this other stuff. And if you know anything about Kamala Harris, you know that, you know, she went to Howard and she did all that stuff after she went to high school in Montreal and after she lived the, the life of, of a pretty well-bred and well-reared elitist. So after she did all that, and this is what these black politicians do, especially those that, that came up um, in wealth and privilege, like the Barack Obamas and the Kamala Harris's of the world. Um, so they are you know, raised and born in this wealth and privilege, you know, obviously in Barack Obama's case, you know, Hawaii private schools, like the whole thing, and Kamala Harris's case, um, spending her high school years in Montreal, just having a very well-heeled background. So when they decide that they're going to come here and run a politics and the, they're black, they do things that are associated with black America. And in Kamala's case, going to a historically HBCU, which is historically black colleges, universities, um, pledging Alpha Kappa Alpha, which is a historically black black sorority. So this is like all of this other stuff, right? So she came over here and kind of like learned how to be black. Nobody ever really asked any black people that are not uh, black liberal media figures because as I've told you guys before, these people do not represent the vast majority of African Americans. Um, but MSNBC, um, I believe it was a couple of weeks before the election. They did an interview with three undecided black female voters about what they thought of Kamala Harris, and I thought that this was totally fascinating, and of course it got buried by the mainstream media because this is what, you know, this is what a cross-section of undecided black female voters really thought of Kamala Harris. Listen to this. I am totally undecided. I'd write your name in at this point. Usually by now I would have voted already, but I, I'm i just not comfortable with either one of them right now. What are you looking for? What do you need to hear? Let's start at the crime bill and the fact that he has not, not only not apologized, not only Joe not, Biden. he is not, he is not only not rectified every time he reverts back to, well, it was some, the black caucus members in the, in the church, but they were with it too. Okay. You fooled them as well. You know, you never said, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, I didn't do it. I want to hear an ironclad plan. I don't want to hear if this or if that or after the election. Does the presence of Kamala Harris on the Democratic ticket sway you at all? Not no. at all. I don't know who said she had our vote. She does not. We were supposed to grab onto Kamala with the black girl magic, but that didn't happen because she, she didn't right her wrongs. Like, I hold officials accountable. I don't care what color you are. And I think that too often we automatically think that because someone looks like you, that they're going to have your best interests at heart. And that's, that's just not simply true. And so now, I, I remember when this video came out, I thought it was very interesting. Of course, I didn't get a lot of attention. And this is not, and, and like I said, I don't, I don't think that, that these black women were particularly Republican and conservative leaning. I think that they were just um, tired of the, the Democrat leftist, you know, okie doke, right? And, and so what you have to understand, with a politician like Kamala Harris, who is so unappealing, who is so phony, who, uh, who got less than like something like 1% in Iowa. So you have to understand that 
our media and entertainment industrial complex needs to prop these people up. So here's the thing. It worked with Barack Obama because no matter what you think about his politics or what he did to this country, he's a very charismatic figure, right? Um, he knew how to joke. He, he he just was charismatic. You know, he had that coming over. So it, it was going to be very easy for the mainstream media to prop him up, to, um, to, to throw him softball questions in the press, to put him on the cover of magazines, all of that other stuff. It was harder with Kamala because she is so deeply unappealing, but the the chattering media class needs you to believe um, that she is the second coming, literally, of Jesus, right? There is a reason why the media push on her is so heavy. There was a, a Tucker Carlson segment earlier this week was brilliant because they actually showed some of this stuff. It was Disney cartoons. It was coloring books. It was these reporters that speak of not of her accomplishments, um, not of anything that she has actually done while she's been a politician for literally the past few decades. They speak of nothing more than the fact that she is a you know biracial black and Indian woman, right? So they speak of nothing more than shattering the glass ceilings and oh, she's sister girl Kamala and she's going to do this, she's going to do this. This is going to mean so much to so many little black girls, like all of this stuff. The reason that this push has to be so heavy is because she is so empty. This is a fundamentally empty person. This is a fundamentally empty politician who takes absolutely zero chances. Now, to this week, now that I have painted the picture of why I believe that Kamala is a fraud, now to this week. So... For all of the reasons that I've gone through over the past 10 minutes or so, this is why Kamala Harris really, really, really did not want the border assignment. She did not want to have that put on her. And the reason is this. The border is a mess. That is not a situation that can be fixed via a photo op. That is not a situation that can be fixed um, via a speech. In fact, it is a situation that was exacerbated and made even worse by their policies, the policies that they did, um, the Biden administration did, as soon as they went in, I believe if you're new to this podcast, go back to episode, I believe it was 31 uh, where I really broke down the illegal immigration crisis and how it became a crisis due to um, their policies, but the 100 day moratorium on deportations, the ending of the state of Mexico policy, all of this other stuff has pretty much created a disaster at the border, and it was easy for Kamala to be on the campaign trail and to to say the right things. As politicians, it is easy for them to say the right thing. It is easy for her to say that illegal immigrants should have free college tuition paid for. And this is yet another thing that she did play that she did say um, on the campaign trail. Now, the issue is here. The issue is that she now has to go to the border, give these speeches and pretend that every single thing that she said and every single thing that these other Democrats said did not lead to the issues that we're having at the border, did not lead to the idea and the perception that a Biden-Harris administration is going to be a lot less tough on the border and to create much more welcoming policies than the Trump administration, right? So she has to pretend that she never said these things, that that she never added to the perception that this was going to be an administration that was more friendly to illegal immigrants. So this is why she did not want this assignment, right? And here is a, a CNN article was basically talked about why she did not want this. And so this is from CNN. 
seen it. One of the unnamed officials said Harris appears eager for a portfolio that will allow her to achieve political victories, especially in foreign policy, an area where she is far less experienced than Biden. Harris's performance is critical to her future political career, which could well include a run for president. Of course, her future political career includes a run for president. This is what she's want. This is probably what she has wanted for her, her entire life. Uh, these politicians, these people who think of nothing more than the pursuit of power every single second of every single day, they drive me crazy. I think that they are so bizarre. And she is undoubtedly one of these people. And so why did her people, why did the people behind Kamala Harris not want her to take on a challenge like this? Why did they not want her to do this? Because they knew that this week would happen. Listen to this interview that she did with Lester Holt over on NBC News, where she buckled and bristled at actually being challenged by a reporter on an absolute lie. Listen to this. Do you have any plans to visit the border? At some point, you know, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. And I I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance. I'm not discounting the importance. I don't understand the point that you're making. And it's really interesting. Um, And, you know, I talk, I do a lot of media bashing here because, you know, I like media bashing because these people are corrupt liars. But it's so interesting, the bubble that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris has been ensconced in when it comes to them not even answering questions to where when you get even the tiniest amount of pushback on an absolute lie, they go crazy. So this is what happens. And that was the start to this week, right? So the thing about it is, is that, you know, she went to Mexico City, she went to Guatemala, and now, number one, she was she was greeted uh, in Guatemala with signs that said, Trump won, go home, and we do not want her here. But the biggest takeaway that she has for this week is, is absolute spin. It is a crazy amount of spin that she is trying to put on, you know, the mainstream media to, to filter it out for her. She says, well, I don't need to go to the border. What we need to do is go to Guatemala and Mexico City and these other places and we need to give them American taxpayer dollars so that we can figure out, and these are her words, the quote-unquote root causes of what causes people to flee these places to come to America. So in other words, the idea is that we need to spend American taxpayer dollars and we need to spend our money to fix these places because if we fix these places and if we spend hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in American taxpayer money on these places, well then maybe, you know, these people just won't want to come here and overwhelm our system and flood our borders. That is the most completely ridiculous and idiotic idea that I've ever heard. Certainly not in a country where we have homeless veterans on the streets. Certainly not in a country where we have a violent crime situation and we have a homeless epidemic in virtually every single major city from Philadelphia to Detroit to Los Angeles to New York City, um, which are all run from top to bottom Um, by Democrats, by the way. But the idea that this root cause of spin, she is just going to put that out and people are going to accept that stuff. It's ridiculous. It it shows that she is an absolute lightweight. This person 
person is not a leader. This person does not want to lead on the border. And you know what? And I say this all the time. I would respect, it would still be BS, but I would respect them more. Like I would respect Kamala Harris and I would respect Joe Biden. I would respect these people even more if even they said the same things now that they said when they were going, when they were trying to get elected, when they were trying to get the far left to elect them, when they were basically rolling out the red carpet for illegal immigration, for illegal immigrants, sending the message that these people would be welcome, that they were going to end, quote unquote, family separation. They were going to end all of this stuff. I would have more respect for them if they continued on that path right now. So what they're doing is they're doing a lot of talking and not a lot of action. And their lack of action is making the border a complete disaster. There was a reason that Kamala Harris did not want this job. There is a reason that she did not want this position. Because this week, from the Lester Holt interview to the disastrous press conference, where, by the way, there was this, um, and, I, and I should have pulled that for a shot, but there was this absolutely embarrassing question question from somebody who identified themselves as a Univision reporter that said, I am proud to have voted for you for the first female vice president, etc. Now here's this softball question. You know, for anybody who claims to be a journalist, that is embarrassing. And Univision actually came out and said that this person does not work for them. They don't know who that is. So the only thing that we can surmise is that this is a plant from the, the campaign. Because who else would it be? If not just some deranged Kamala Harris fan that, uh, you know, uh, generated press credentials and made her way through the barriers just so that she can ask that embarrassingly sycophantic question. So look, this week has totally exposed Kamala Harris. Now the entire world knows what American voters knew, which is why they ran away from her in droves. She is a phony. She is a lightweight. She is someone who believes in absolutely nothing but her own power. She is not a leader. She is not smart. She is cunning, but cunning and smart are two different things. She is just another example of a weak politician that will say, do, or be anything in the pursuit of power. And with the crisis that we have going on on our southern border right now, with crossings going up, with nearly 900,000 migrants being stopped at the border between October 1st of last year and May 31st of this year, with the number of migrants illegally crossing the U.S.-Mexico border this fiscal year already being the most literally since 2006, okay? This is 15 years ago. And there's, you know, months left to go in this fiscal year, right? So this is not the person that we need leading this right now. And she, Kamala Harris, has been absolutely exposed to the entire world of being the lightweight novice that all of the voters that did not vote for her in the Democrat primary knew that she was. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.